How often do we put ourselves in boxes or put other women in boxes based off of a couple labels that we can assign either ourselves or other people? And it's usually based off what we perceive that they do, even if it's just something they're doing in this season, right? Like, okay, she's the health coach. She's the photographer. She's the engineer. She's the stay-at-home mom, right? We like assign these labels based off a couple things people do. And we begin to do that to ourselves as well. Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, health and fitness influencer, coach, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to become their very best selves. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life that you love right now. We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. You're listening to episode number 49 of the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I can't believe that next week's episode will be number 50 and then two weeks after that will be our official one year anniversary of this baby of mine. The show has been the most beautiful roller coaster ride and every episode just gets better than the last. And I know that this one is going to blow you away. So girlfriend, grab yourself a cup of coffee, an almond milk latte, some kombucha, some water will do the trick and pull up a chair because this episode will really have you feeling like you're pausing life and sitting down for some sunshine for the soul. Today's guest is Jordan Lee Dooley. And I don't know whether to say down to earth or hashtag relatable first when it comes to describing this Midwest girl turned international sensation. Jordan and I just hit it off immediately. And this chat felt like a beautiful heart to heart with a friend mixed with a real talk life coaching session. And I know that you're going to get so much out of Jordan's stories and wisdom. And she's also just so fun to listen to. So I cannot wait to dive in. But a little bit about Jordan's background. Her impact really started when she organically kind of accidentally founded a ministry called called Soul Scripts during her college days at Indiana University, where she would doodle scripture on paper and canvas as ways to memorize verses. Today, Jordan travels across the country, speaking to women on college campuses and book tours, encouraging them to grow in their faith and step into their purpose and speaking straight from the soul on her podcast and Instagram. This girl is a powerhouse with a purpose, and she has so much incredible insight to share with us, like why vulnerability is the key to overcoming brokenness and how we can thrive when we choose to accept and move beyond our imperfections. Jordan is super passionate about helping women realize that they don't have to let their identity be shaped by mistakes, pain, or circumstances, and instead to be real, find self-awareness, and share raw emotions. So if you're seeking some real talk with a side of serious motivation, Jordan Lee goes in during this episode with a pep talk that will help you level up to your holist self, and I know that you are going to absolutely love it. And by the way, Jordan very much comes from a faith background and she will speak to that a little bit in this episode, but this is absolutely an open conversation, not just for Christians. You guys know I personally identify more as a spiritual gal. So this is truly a conversation for everyone. And I know that it's going to be super, super powerful for every woman in the world. But before we get into Jay's interview, I've got to show some love to the review of the week. This one is from TM Kun for Four, four, and she said, life changing content, five stars. Thank you, Marie. I have 
been following Marie on her journey through Instagram for a couple of years now. I've always loved how motivational and happy her posts are. I'm so happy that I gave her podcast a listen. It has transformed my life. That makes me so happy. I binge listened all of the episodes and I'm obsessed. Every podcast is interesting and gives you a new perspective on life. I've noticed that listening to her podcast has shifted my mindset and I cannot even begin to write how thankful that I am that I gave it a listen. Thank you, Marie. Girl, thank you for speaking this love into my heart today. It never, ever, 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 ever gets old to hear that this little show is changing lives, even in the smallest ways. So I'm just really thankful for you because this is truly all created with you in mind and the service of my fellow ladies in heart. So as a thank you for your review, I would love to send you a limited edition Grind and Be Grateful t-shirt. So if you're listening, TMCUN444, please DM me on Instagram. My username is Marie E. Wold, as you know, and tell me your size and address so that I can get that sent out to you. If you're listening right now and you're not the review of the week, you can get a chance to be featured and receive your limited edition Grind to Be Grateful t-shirt by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. I know you always probably tell yourself, I'll do it next time, or it probably doesn't really make a difference or she doesn't notice, but it really only takes one minute and means the whole world to my team and I, and I do not put that lightly. You guys don't see it, but this podcast takes a village between my producer, my editors, my team behind the scenes, my admin, my VA, like everyone really works together to create this show and make it as best as it can be. And I know that they would really appreciate it. If you don't want to leave a review for me, do it for all of the lovely folks behind the scenes. All you have to do is head on over to iTunes on your phone or computer, find the ratings and review section, and let us know how we are doing. It is truly, truly appreciated. And by the way, guys, this week's partner is perfect for an episode about leveling up in life because Classy Network blue light blocking glasses are a absolute must for all the ambitious ladies out there. If you are like me and you spend hours in front of screens every day, then you need to be hustling smarter, guys. Between working at a computer, scrolling Instagram, and then watching Game of Thrones on the TV, by the way, I just... I can't even with the season. I have such mixed feelings. But anyway, you're getting exposed to a lot of harmful blue light all day, every day. And there is a ton of science behind that that I know you don't really want to listen to me ramble on about. But basically, blue light is this extremely strong version of light. And with repeated exposure, it can really damage our vision and actually change the health of our eyeballs like permanently. And that is no bueno. So thank goodness for classy network blue light blocking glasses, which are the perfect solution and super cute as an added bonus. And even better, you can get them for up to 27% off with code Marie at checkout along with their Brahmies, which are like this amazing combination of a bra and a cami. And they are legendary, especially for my fellow work from home entrepreneurs. You guys, this is like, I'm never taking them off. It is the go-to thing now in my wardrobe, but I digress. The link to shop is just bit.ly, bit.ly slash Marie Classy, and that's classy with a K. So that's bit.ly slash Marie, M-A-R-I-E, Classy, K-L-A-S-S-Y. Again, that's classy with a K. So if you want to protect your eyes and look super cute while doing it, definitely grab yourself a pair or two ASAP. Grab those glasses, save those eyeballs, look cute while doing it. And thank you again to Classy Network for being a partner of the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. Now let's get into this week's episode. 
Hello, Jordan. Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. Hey, Marie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Me too. Guys, we just finished recording a really good conversation for Jordan's podcast, The She Podcast. So you'll definitely need to check that out. But today, Jordan's on my show and we're going to have some really just empowering, uplifting, like soulful stuff to cover. And I know that you guys can't wait to hear from Jordan. So to kick things off, can you just tell us kind of your background story? Like, Like you said, lay the groundwork, who you are, what you do, what brought you to the path you're walking today. (laughs) One accident after another. (laughs) It kind of feels like sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. So back when I was finishing up college, I was planning on studying. I was studying healthcare administration or health management and policy was the official term. (laughs) And, you know, I, I liked it. It was something that was interesting to me, but it wasn't something that, you know, excited me by any means. And yeah. um, it was towards the end of my school that I had started to do, you know, internship and job interviews and start to kind of get a really a real peek into what would working in that world and that environment look like. And for me, I, you know, went to interview after interview and I just started to have this feeling of like, dang, this stinks because this is what I've been working toward and I'm not at all feeling like this is supposed to be what I should be focused on. Um, and mm. I remember towards the end of that, expressing that frustration and that concern to my mom, because what do you do when you don't know what to do with your life, right? <laughs> um, you find somebody to talk to, and that person is my mom. Yes. And I told her, I'm like, you know, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know what I should do. And she said, okay, well, don't. And I thought at the time that was like the worst mom advice ever. I'm <laughs> like, don't try to work in the career that I've just now spent a bunch of money on for college. Like, okay, you know. <laughs> but what I loved about that, she kind of expanded on it. She was like, Jay, you have been such a hard worker. I mean, I'm an Enneagram three. We, we've bonded over that. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. I've always been such an overachiever, which is so good in so many ways. I've always had a strong work ethic, but to the point almost to a fault, like where I don't even really know why I'm killing myself to work so hard. Like, why do you need a four point? Yeah. Right. It doesn't even exist. Yeah. But that's just kind of how I be without actually giving myself any room to breathe and discover what are things that I'm passionate about? What do I actually enjoy? Maybe not even passionate about what do I enjoy? What am I even good at? And mm-hmm. so I was so just focused on this work train to prove that I could be on the Dean's list and get this 4.0 and be in shape and be like the ultimate student sorority girl performer, you know, all the things. Yeah. And I kind of hit that point where I was like, this doesn't even feel right. Like this isn't even like making me happy. I don't even think I want to pursue this with my life. And so my mom just so kindly, she's just like, Jade, you don't have to do that. And I think that shocked me so much because I had this idea in my brain that she had this expectation for me or my parents would have this expectation for me that I was going to go need to work like at a big four firm or in a hospital or like things that were, you know, corporate or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were like, uh, we've never had that expectation for you. You just kind of made that up in your own brain. <laughs> I was like, oh, good. So that started to <laughs> open to up whole new realm, uh, yeah, of, of possibilities. And she's like, you know, think about what you did when you were five. And I said, well, I play a lot of make-believe. I often would be the teacher when I played make-believe. And I wrote short stories. And I really enjoyed like drawing and art and creativity. Those were things I just, I was never really into like Barbies or like, I was not really a big doll person. I think I had like a baby doll as a kid. But those were really like the things I was drawn to was like imagination, creativity, like art, you know, things like that. And so she's Mm -hmm. like, well, just do some of that stuff for fun. It doesn't mean you you have to make it your career, but just do it for fun. And so... 
started to do different creative endeavors and I landed on hand lettering for a little while. And it was actually really helping me remember like notes at school, (laughs) like things I needed to remember. Mm -hmm. Because when you write something very intentionally to make it look a certain way, you remember it more because you're paying very close attention to what you're writing. And so I was doing that with quotes and things that I wanted to remember. And my boyfriend at the time, he's now my husband, he said, you know, Jay, like you have a gift with that. And, you know, he's like, you need like a creative outlet. He was a student athlete. He played football and was a full-time student at IU. And so he had taught himself guitar. And so he said, that's been so life-giving for me. Like maybe you should start a little Etsy shop or something that would just be kind of fun. Like the same thing my mom was saying. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, why not? Again, me being an Enneagram three overachiever, like turn it into a full business. (laughs) What's one more thing? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's like, this is to be a hobby, but here we go. But I really enjoyed it. And I started to have, I was in a sorority at the time and I started to have sorority sisters say like, hey, my older sister's getting married this summer. Could you make like a sign for her wedding? Or, hey, I'm, you know, in a bachelorette party and can you make some mugs or like draw in some mugs? So I started to get to do different projects like that just because I was in that environment. And then I would start posting them on Etsy and it started to grow. Like I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't trying to make it grow really fast, but when it started to, I got really excited and I was like, okay, we're going to do this thing, you know? And um, I have sisters in the house help me package and it grew and grew and grew. And I think the reason that story is so key is because A, it gave me permission to explore and experiment without having a perfect plan. And the second thing is, you know, that having sisters in the house kind of support me and say like, yeah, we'll sit on the floor with you and package these items that you're sending to strangers. Like, (laughs) even though we should probably all be ready, you know, it showed me how powerful it is when women come together and celebrate one another and welcome one another. Cause every single girl in that, we were literally in like a storage closet. We were all so different. We had different backgrounds, different beliefs came from different parts of the country, like different degrees we were pursuing, dreams we were pursuing. But it was like this safe haven. Like we'd sit in there and we'd talk about breakups and pain points and dreams and frustrations and insecurities and all these things. And it was almost like, you know, I just kind of put this little tagline to it without meaning to, but it was like, your brokenness is welcome here. Like come broken, come confident, come a mess. Like, and just we're hanging out, we're packaging, we're shipping, we're sipping wine, eating pizza and like doing this thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And these girls were all going through different seasons of life, but supporting a little dream that I had in that season, something that I enjoyed and also really supporting one another. And so it kind of opened my mind and I, on Instagram or on social media, right when it was starting to kind of grow a little bit, I shared that tagline and so many women resonated with it and it started to grow really fast. And that started to build me an online community. A lot of people resonated with the stories I was telling from the storage closet, you know, and <laughs> things I was writing. And so it started to turn into more of like an online community than just a little Etsy store. Yeah. And that tagline kind of carried out throughout for a while and has continued to be a part of my brand for several years, but it's expanded so much more into really creating tools and resources for women to ultimately continue supporting them in their dreams and in the things that they're pursuing in the midst of the mess that they're in. And so it's really neat how that little experience in the storage closet led to such a bigger career from podcasting to writing books, to creating courses, to creating online communities. I mean, it's been absolutely insane. Never would have thought that when I started doodling on mugs, (laughs) it would lead to what we're doing now. And I've never actually worked in healthcare administration. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, isn't it crazy that from a place of just intense uncertainty, like where your world is flipped on its head, you're like, I have no idea where this is going, what I'm going to do. And you just kind of followed an inkling. And like, this is where it led you. Isn't that insane? No, I mean, it's so true. And 
I think for me, the biggest thing I learned was keeping open hands and just allowing little things to pivot, making little adjustments, growing here, growing there. It really does, you know, allow things that are small and seemingly insignificant to evolve into such bigger things when we kind of really keep our minds open and willingly walk into that. It's it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you and I can relate in the sense that, A, we've both had kind of like identity crises or like times when we've worked so hard for something that we thought was going to be our thing and it was going to be so fulfilling and it was like the finish line and then we got there and we're like wait a second we like pick our head up from being like nose to the grindstone forever like Mm -hmm. where am I what am I doing why did I want this and so I feel like we have a lot of parallels like even those kind of different scenarios we've both really been through that. And then another parallel is we're both Midwestern girls from not like Mm -hmm. big cities where it's usually everyone's like doing big things. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I know a lot of people from my hometown, like they always just stay in my hometown. And it's kind of like it's hard to break out of that. And like it's hard to not feel stuck. So can you relate to that at all? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it can be so we can deceive ourselves. I think we can really start playing small when we feel like, oh, I'm from a small town. Like, I don't have big connections, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm not. But honestly, I think that's actually kind of the fun part for me. Again, I think it it starts with, you know, you don't have to play small to take small steps. And there's a difference. Mm. You know, I think we hear like small steps, one step at a time. And we think like, okay, I got to play small. It's like, no, like that can lead to really big things. And the reality is a lot of times the little small steps we take end up being very pivotal and really end up being the biggest things. We don't even realize it. And so I often have to remember, you know, when I look back, it's like, I wasn't setting out like, I want to be an author and I want to have this massive online brand. You know, it was like, hey, I just want to do something that I like and I'm going to research how to create an account on Etsy small little step, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm going to learn how to buy packing peanuts, right? Like, where do you get those, right? So again, like one little educational step at a time. It wasn't like I was trying and yet the dream was still there, right? Like the underlying dream to do something impactful, to make a positive impact on this world, to use my gifts and abilities for good in a way that's tangible and clear and that I'm passionate about. It was all part of the discovery. So I think what we can sometimes begin to feel the pressure of is that we need to have this big, massive dream. But the way I kind of look at it is more like, how about you just take small steps because that can lead to bigger things. And so- Mm -hmm. That's really shifted my mindset a lot. And it's allowed me to kind of own, like, it doesn't matter if I'm from a small town, a big town, if I have all the connections or not, do I have the work ethic? And do I have the willingness to take small steps and discover the next part of my journey? And if that leads to amazing, really big things, awesome. If it doesn't lead to big, you know, exciting public things, that doesn't mean I'm not making big impact. And I think that's a mindset shift we need to adopt because we often look at like, big things as these things that have to be so public and, you know, fancy. And it's like, no, like sister, if you're a nurse and you're helping lives, like you're doing big things, even if you're from a small town, Mm -hmm. right? Like you don't have to be an artist or an author or a podcaster to do big things. So just a reminder, I think that we all need. Yeah, for sure. Like I think our definition of success has really been not warped, but just kind of it's shifted, especially with like social media. It's so entrepreneurs and people that are doing quote unquote big things are like so accessible. And so then we kind of define success as being like loud and public, whereas success can really be quiet and soft and like whatever you make it, like it doesn't have to be a specific thing. It's more so like what you feel in your soul is, you know, gonna be fulfilling and of service to other people. 
And like you said, it's it's all about those small steps. And it starts with that inkling and that it starts with that mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe this would be cool. Like whatever kind of mm-hmm. gets you lit up and like something that gets you excited, like that's probably what you should follow and just see where it takes you. Like if you're in that place where you're stuck and like unsure of where to go next, like that's probably my advice is like just follow the mm-hmm. inkling and don't be so focused on the big picture because then it can be so overwhelming and daunting that it's like you don't even start you know right absolutely absolutely yeah so your work is like super rooted in your faith but also leading a passion driven life and to help other women embrace their purpose hence your own your everyday book title but tell us a little (laughs) bit about your why and like why helping women embrace their purpose and you know hone in on that. Why is that so important to you? Is it something that you really struggled with personally or yeah, why is it why is it a central theme? Yeah, so I think like you were kind of just saying about how we often can look at, you know, our dreams or our ambitions or even what we're made to do as this big huge thing that feels so overwhelming and I found that so many women feel so much pressure, so much pressure to prove themselves, so much pressure to I mean, I've felt it. I guess from a personal perspective, you know, I'm like I want to prove that I've you know, that I'm successful, that I'm, you know, that I've made it, that I found my thing, that I'm running in my lane, that I've accomplished my dreams, like whatever, you know, it's like, and I'd like to do it all by the age of 29, please, you know, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay, everybody needs to calm down. So for me, especially as a very driven achievement oriented person, it can be very easy to begin to feel like we have to figure it all out right now. And especially the older I get, the more there's like, hey, you got to have your five-year plan, right? Like, what's your business plan? What's your this? What's your that? And it's like, there's wisdom in that for sure. There's wisdom in planning. There's wisdom in learning, you know, where we want to go or thinking through where we want to go and having some of those clear directives. But I think we have made purpose out to be this big, huge thing. And we've made it so overwhelming for ourselves that we forget it's not lost. Like it's not something we have to go find and grab hold of. It's actually already a part of who we are. And when Mm. I looked back at the last several years of my life, since when all this stuff started on accident, it was like, you know, I wasn't operating from a place of pressure. I was operating actually from a place of freedom, from a place of, I'm just going to try some stuff because mom gave me permission to explore an experiment before I had the pressure of this. You got to have a perfect plan, you know, and that's something that I continuously go back to and that I try to bring women back to. It's like you want to have a plan, but if you are operating out of the pressure to like plan it all out and figure it out, you're actually going to miss some of those awesome little nuggets and experiences along the way that might unfold into, oh, I didn't even realize this was a passion I had, you know, Mm -hmm. like the Etsy store was like, okay, now I have this online thing. And so I started writing and creating content and encouraging women and realized, oh, wait, that's actually the passion. I don't really care about doodling on mugs. That was fun, but it's not what I want to do with my life. I actually love getting to speak into the lives of women and giving them tools to make their life better, to be more intentional, to live a purposeful life, not chase after this idea of purpose and therefore miss living a purposeful life in the midst of it, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's clear, but I guess it's really just all that experience and this kind of dreams I've kind of fumbled into and now getting opportunities to publish books and go, wow, this is a dream I didn't even have when I was five, but it makes so much sense because when I look back at when I was five and I was writing short stories, it was a part of me, but I had to allow myself to explore those things in order to get to that place of, huh, I found a dream I didn't even realize I had because I didn't have the pressure to figure it out. And I want to equip other women with those tools to really do that and live purposefully, even if they 
don't feel like their job is, you know, their purpose. It's like, man, it's so simple. Like the specific things we chase after are simply avenues, right? The positions we have, the titles, the roles, those aren't our purpose, but we often think they are. Like once I become a mom, I'll live my purpose. Or once I become a health coach, I'll be my, I'll live my purpose. Once I publish my book, like I'll be, you know, walking in my dream. And right. I always want to shift people's minds to think, actually, those are just avenues to carry out the purpose that already exists in you. So mm. if you put your purpose on those specific places, you, you've kind of like, what happens if you're no longer an author? What happens if you switch careers? What happens when your kids grow up and move? Like, is your purpose gone? Right? So yeah. it's really about shifting the mindset rethinking so that we can really do what we're made to do where we are and go after the things that are really key in the midst of our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that so much. Cause again, it's like feeling like if we're not doing big things and if we're not doing stuff that's worthy of Instagram or whatever, like it's not good enough or it's not big enough or it's not successful enough. And that's just, that's not the case. And also like, there's no timeline that's right for like figuring out what your purpose is or what you should do or what you should achieve like it's I think an ongoing process and like an evolution like personally what I thought that I should be doing what I thought what my purpose was even a year ago has totally changed Mm -hmm. and so it's like it's a growth process it's not like a destination that you arrive to like okay I have my purpose now like everything makes sense (laughs) exactly exactly Yeah. Yeah. So aside from you being a podcast host, you also have a book, you have your soul script shop, like you have a lot of stuff going on. And I know that you would definitely describe yourself as multi-passionate. So I think that term gets kind of like a bad rap and like people who are multi-passionate almost look at it as a curse because it makes it hard to create that identity and hard to define your purpose and choose a path. But I love that you like stand firm in that. So why do you think it's dangerous to try to put ourselves in a box? Why do you think it's dangerous to try to limit like, like you said, oh, I am an author. Like what happens when you're done writing a book? Like why is that such a trap and why do we fall into it so easily? So good. I often think about how often do we put ourselves in boxes or put other women in boxes based off of a couple labels that we can assign either ourselves or other people. And it's usually based off what we perceive that they do, even if it's just something they're doing in this season, right? Like, okay, she's the health coach. She's the photographer. She's the engineer. She's the stay at home mom, right? We like assign these labels based off a couple things people do. And we begin to do that to ourselves as well. Like, oh, well, I'm perceived as this, right? So that means if I ever want to try that, like, for example, if I would have been sitting there back in college when I was talking with my mom and she's like, well, don't like you have permission to explore and experiment. And if I would have been like, well, no, because actually my label is that I'm, uh, I have a degree in healthcare administration. So these are my only three options. I would have Mm -hmm. missed out on all these dreams. I didn't even realize I had all these incredible ways I've been able to utilize gifts and abilities. I didn't even realize were at my disposal, right? And impact others. And so it's dangerous because I think doing that, you know, limits us from actually having the impact that sometimes we're actually made to have. It's hilarious to me because even the desire or the decision to pivot and shift my career multiple times over just a handful of years and own the fact that I'm multi-passionate and put that out there and talk about it and dialogue about it has actually brought a lot of freedom and helped other women step into that and embrace that in their life. And it's like, I never would have actually been able to do that had I lived in this little box of like, well, these are my two or three options and I'm going to stay here and play comfortably, right? So Mm -hmm. I think sometimes 
like we play in sandboxes when we really do have the whole beach. And that's not to say you need to try to do everything at one time. There's seasons and there's got to be some wisdom and discernment, but peeling labels off of ourselves, I think is a really hard thing because we don't even usually realize we're living under them. Yeah. But those are comfortable, right? Like when we're at family Christmas and Aunt Mildred is like, so what do you do, right? You want to have like a quick response, like I'm an accountant or I'm a teacher or like something that she can understand that's easy to explain. You don't need to give your 30 second elevator pitch to somehow summarize (laughs) all that you're doing, right? And um, that's great. And it feels fine because you get the nod of approval and it doesn't feel so good when someone has a hard time understanding or you don't even quite understand what you're shifting or pivoting into. But a lot of times it's in those pivots and it's in those shifts and it's in that it's kind of like that's when we get molded and, and shaped and when we actually can start to see things of, oh, this is actually a story I could tell or a way I could empower others or impact others, but you have to experience it first. And if you just play comfortably inside the lines, you're not going to. So I actually think being multi-passionate as much as it can be a challenge, it's an invitation to, and it's an opportunity to go in places that were a little uncomfortable to test things. That doesn't mean you have to marry them and like have them for the rest of your life. You do one thing for a couple of years. And if it seems like there's a pivot or a shift, you have the freedom to do that. You just have to do it wisely. So I guess the danger of of, of ourselves in a box is we limit our impact. Yeah. And I also think, like you said, we're staying comfortably inside the lines when we put a label on ourselves. Like it feels safe and it feels defined and it feels like, you know, the rules, you know how to play by the rules. Like it just is easier to stay there for at least some amount of time. Like you'll break out of that once it becomes, once like the discomfort of feeling like misunderstood or like you're not living your purpose outweighs the discomfort of leaving your comfort zone. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if I said that (laughs) correctly, but you guys know what I mean. Yeah. But again, like the purpose thing, we're always surrounded by like hashtag girl boss, hashtag boss babe, hashtag grind, hustle, do everything all the time. Like we're always surrounded by kind of that message of you have to be doing everything, excelling in everything, being like a boss at everything. We're always kind of surrounded by that message of like, that's how you become worthy or that's how you become seen as successful. So I would love to revisit like a huge knowledge bomb that you dropped recently on all of your people. You said you do not have to be (laughs) a girl boss or entrepreneur or fancy pants to impact the world or be successful. So can you explain that? Like, if I'm not fancy pants, then what can success look like for me? I'm wearing leggings right now. Yeah. So, I mean. <laughs> Those are my fancy. <laughs> yeah. These are my fancy leggings. 100%. So I, I think for me, again, it was like you just said, looking out and being like, man, the message that's always out there that seems to be like the pinnacle of success is like, are you a seven-figure business owner? Are you a girl boss? Like, are you a hustler? And mm-hmm. it's like. Okay, there's some good in that. And I'm so encouraged to see that women are stepping into their gifts and their abilities and starting side hustles. For sure. Things. You know, like no shame in that game. I'm all about it. But I think what I struggle with is that that seems to be now the only message that is, you know, it seems to like any, anytime I get on Pinterest, it's always like, you know, girl boss, hashtag bossly, hashtag work from home life, like yeah. blah, 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 blah. And like all those things are amazing. Messy bun getting stuff done. Yeah. And it's like, but can we remember that that also applies to the nurse who's working 12 hour shifts and to the teacher who's, you know, 
wrangling children, like herding cats. Like (laughs) we need those people and the airport TSA agent and the policewoman and like all these people that are actually giving us the ability to be able to do these things. Like they're just as much of a girl boss. And I was like, I want to make sure we're emphasizing and celebrating that just because they may not own their own business or be, you know, creating their own way or whatever. Like they actually give those who are born and designed to do that the ability to, because we still need people to serve coffee. We still need people to keep us safe at the airport. We still need teachers. Like we still need all these roles and they're equally as important. And so I don't know, I just kind of got tired of seeing it even as somebody who's running a business, even as somebody who's a creative entrepreneur, I was like, I want to show some appreciation to my sisters out there who are hustling and working hard and providing for their families and working for the community and keeping this world, you know, a a safe place to live and a healthy place to live and really giving their gifts and their time and their talent in the way that they're designed to. I don't know. It's just like, let's stop boiling girl boss down to someone who runs a seven figure business online because I feel Mm. like that's become the resounding message. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like when you are in that space, like when you are an online entrepreneur, that is like, it becomes your bubble. And that becomes like, you're just in this echo chamber of like, this is success. This is like making it. Um, And it's so important Mm -hmm. to revisit that. And like, remember that also, you're not your career, you're not your business, like whether you're an entrepreneur, or you're not, you are not only a nurse, you're not only an entrepreneur, you're not only a police officer, like, that's just one of your many roles, right? And like you have a lot of roles too. Like you're a wife, you're a dog mom, you're a daughter, Mm -hmm. maybe a sibling. I don't know if you have siblings, but we have all of these roles and like, how can we keep perspective in the fact that like our career is not everything, our achievements are not everything. Like we have so much more going on. I've got to cut in for a second and remind you that if you are loving this episode as much as I am, you definitely want to be part of the Move, Nourish, Shine Collective, guys. Move, Nourish, Shine is an eight-week group mentorship program that gives women all of the tools, strategies, and support that they need to finally create their perfect healthy lifestyle and unlock the confidence that they have always craved. Yes, Move, Nourish, Shine includes workouts and nutrition guidance, but it's also so much more than that. This is a beautiful collective group of women who are all committed to digging deep, doing the work, and becoming the healthiest, happiest, most confident versions of themselves once and for all. This is really for the women who feel like they've tried it all and now they're ready to cut through the overwhelm, ditch the excuses, and find their shine for good. But guys, don't just take it from me. Here is what a few of the women who have completed the program have to say. I was feeling pretty unmotivated. I felt unworthy of things. I didn't know where to turn to. I had been unemployed for like going on five months. My main hesitation in joining Move Nourish Shine was the financial aspect because as I said, I am on a fixed income. So it was like, is this going to be worth it for me? I did have a lot of trips planned, a lot of things going on financially, just not a lot of time, you know, lots of work stuff. And I thought, you know, maybe I won't have time for this. I'm not really sure. It's about real change. You know, it's not a fitness challenge. It's how can I make your life better from the inside out? It was great to have a group of girls who are in the same boat as me and just, we're really living our best lives together. And those Zoom calls really made everything worth it. After completing the eight weeks, I felt so 
much more motivated and like I had purpose. I just really think it's important for women of all ages to do this program because I wish I had had it years ago. If you are committed to growth and personal development and you know, living a lifestyle that is compatible with your goals and the things that you care about most, Moonner Shine can help you. Honestly, it is one of the greatest things I think I've done for myself. I was so proud of myself that I committed to it. If you are hesitant, girl, you need to sign up. It's so wonderful. I feel lighter physically and mentally. I lost inches, I lost pounds, and it's amazing. Do it. Needless to say, after seeing and hearing about the incredible transformations that have been happening within the program, dozens of women have already joined and we are almost full. So if you're ready to apply or want to learn more, just visit movenursshine.com. And again, I'll leave a link in the show notes, but it's movenursshine.com. And in the event that you're listening to this episode, once enrollment has already closed, I highly, highly recommend joining the waitlist that is available on that website so that you can get first dibs and some special bonuses when enrollment opens again next time. Now let's get back to the episode. I think one of the biggest things is really focusing on relationship over recognition Mm. because regardless of our career or our business or whatever means of achievement we have in our season, even if that's, you know, raising kids and feeling like I'm the great team or classroom mom or whatever it is, like these feelings of recognition, I think they drive us in a lot of ways and there's good to that, right? We're like, there's this element of us where we're innately designed to we have a competitive nature. And I think that's part of like our survival, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. innate, like natural. But I think when we can start thinking about like, am I valuing or am I focusing most on recognition or am I focusing most on building relationship? It's a really healthy mindset practice because if I'm focusing fully on relationship, then that allows me to really evaluate why I'm doing the things I'm doing. Like, well, why am I trying to get a raise or why am I trying to up level in my company? Like, is it so that I can like post it on Facebook or so that I feel like a little bit more confident in my income or a little bit more like, you know, those things are good, but those are only so they're kind of like temporary senses of satisfaction and like true worth. Right. And Mm so for me, the way I've had to look at it, especially as someone who's so achievement oriented is like, okay, if I'm going for this big goal, it's okay to do it for me. Like it's okay to have some big goals that I just really want to experience. But what's ultimately my, like, if what's my ultimate, like if it came down to it and I had to make a choice and if it really if I'm really getting to why that even really matters, right? For example, as an author, like every author, I think at least and somebody like me would love to hit a bestseller list, right? And so for me, it's like, okay, that's a good goal to have for me. And, but yet that's very recognition focused, mm-hmm. right? What is it more than something putting you on like a ranking, right? By some arbitrary decision yeah. made by like people in a different, I don't know. And so it's like, okay, I can have that goal, but if it starts to outweigh, the time, energy, and just like mental capacity that I am investing in building relationship, building true connection with those people in my life that matter most, I'm actually stomping all over those things and missing what really matters most. And I often say like, we focus so much on what we're made to do. And we usually think of that in terms of career and achievement. But what we have to remember is like, we're a total person. Like you said, like we, we have all these roles. And if that's true, then what I'm made to do in showing up for that is not merely, you know, you wrote the book, you published it, or you put out a podcast episode, you showed up and recorded stuff. It's also like, did you make your bed this morning? Mm -hmm. Were you intentional to be present over dinner with your husband? 
Did you play outside with your dog? Like those are also things you're made to do and given to steward. And if I'm overlooking those because I'm so focused on the things that are going to give me recognition, I miss out on why I'm even doing the things that might give me recognition. It's ultimately to provide for my household, right? It's ultimately to serve my family. It's ultimately to be able to be at home, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. so that those relationships can thrive, but it, we can so misalign our priorities. And so I often challenge women, like look at your life as a tree <laughs> and what you see is the like branches and the leaves and this like the fancy, right? That's the recognition. Mm-hmm. I can recognize that that's but what I don't see is the root system underneath and that tree is going to rot and fall over at the, you know, on the next storm, if there isn't a strong root system holding it up to withstand the wind. So think about your life like that. Like, are you just this big fancy tree with all these limbs and accolades? Like, look at me, I've made this much money and I've got this podcast and and you focus so much on those roles that the roles that actually require investing in a root system and vulnerability to ultimately support those other kind of outside recognition type things you're neglecting some key roles that will really support anything else that you do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And actually speaking of vulnerability, you could not have set me up more perfectly for my next question because one thing that I really love about you and your platform and your community, like when I first found you, I was like, damn, her community is like ride or die for her. Like your community is so strong. And I think part of that is because first of all, you speak really to the everyday girl and that's very relatable and you weave in your own stories and your struggles. And so I'm curious, like, obviously you have to be very vulnerable to do that. So what's your experience been like with the power of vulnerability and how would it apply to someone who isn't necessarily trying to build an audience? Like they're just trying to build stronger relationships, IRL, so to speak. Yeah. So I've had to learn, especially this year, the difference between transparency and vulnerability. Mm. <laughs> and have you ever heard this? Have you ever heard the, it was like a, a metaphor kind of, they basically said like, okay, transparency is like a glass box. You can totally see through it, right? Like I'm t- I'll am tell you the stuff I struggle with. Like I'm cool with that. I can mm-hmm. put that out there. I'm confident in that. Like it's great. Vulnerability is allowing the box to shatter and let someone else in. And mm. that's where I struggled. So I've had to learn the difference because I always get people like, you're so vulnerable. You're so vulnerable. And I'm like, but then I'm in my real life and people are just like trying to love me. And I'm like, no, I got this. I'm good. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Oh my God. It's always my relatable. Heart, love you. Like, be like, why are you so like, like you're so, you don't want to crack. Like, why don't, like you're not vulnerable, like in, in true intimate, like where you really have to let someone in and see you and like see your junk. Like I want to kind of put a wall up. And so mm-hmm. it's interesting because I learned, wow, I'm actually pretty comfortable being transparent, but I struggle with that true vulnerability because you really, I don't think you can be that vulnerable because it requires needing help. That's the Mm. thing. Being truly vulnerable means being completely helpless, right? Like allowing yourself to be loved, allowing yourself to be helped when you don't even really, you can't even really give anything back in return. That's true vulnerability and humility transparency is like, yeah, I'll peel back the curtain. I'll tell you my junk, but like, I'm going to keep you at an arm's distance. And that's been something that I've really found. And I think that's actually smart. Like you really can't allow 200 and some thousand people on the internet to like vulnerably come into your space. Like they don't know you. Right. So there's only so much room for that, but it's been a really helpful lesson for me to learn like, okay, now I understand that I am comfortable being transparent. And that actually really is very key online. And that's actually what allows us to create connection. Like if you're not transparent at all and you have like 
you know, it's not even a glass wall. It's like a, you know, plaster wall that no one can see mm-hmm. through and it's just like all fake and plastic. That's not very effective for creating any type of connection, but it's just knowing your environment and knowing there's only so much true connection you can build on the internet. But the best way you can do that is to show up and, you know, be as transparent as you can be as genuine as you can without even trying to prove that you're genuine. People will pick up on that. And I've noticed this trend. I actually recently posted a podcast episode about this because I feel like now, especially as a lot of women like you and I, we're building online communities, we're putting content out there. And what we've found or what we've seen is like, oh, dang, like transparency and like being quote unquote real or authentic, like that works. People respond to that. And what's Mm -hmm. weird is I've started to observe like, I've like made that a business strategy. It's super weird. I'm like, well, I get why from like an engagement standpoint, but are we like trying to prove that we're real? Isn't that just fake about being real? It's like this really weird thing I've started to observe. Yeah. And so the thing that I've learned is like, I will never try to brand myself as the girl who's going to be really real or transparent or vulnerable. I actually would rather just show up and be who I am. And hopefully, and you know, naturally, I think other people will know like, okay, she's genuine. Like she's not trying to be anything she's not. And I don't have to go out and like proclaim that. And so I often encourage women who are building online communities or trying to build relationships to look at how can I be transparent and who do I be transparent with? Where is it wise for me to do that? And then where do I really need to think about and work on vulnerability, allowing others in, allowing others to help me even when I can't repay them? And what relationships am I maybe, I guess, resisting that vulnerability because it makes me feel weak or it makes me feel uncomfortable or, you know, whatever. So regardless of whatever your situation is from, you know, an online community standpoint to just real relationship. Are you being open about your struggles but not actually accepting help or are you accepting the help because that's what true vulnerability is? Mm, Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Like I never really thought about the distinction between transparency and vulnerability, but it makes so much sense because like you said, I – I'm pretty comfortable like sharing a lot of things with my audience, but it's actually like – it's harder to sit down and talk to a friend or someone who's close to me and like really let them in and like let them like get messy in my mess. Like that's so much harder than telling someone like telling thousands of people on the internet that I like Mm -hmm. have a problem, (laughs) right? Like just showing you my mess in like this pretty square is easy to me now, but then letting someone in and like really like dig around in the mess. That's, that's still kind of like, a lot, you know? So I think that's, yeah. that's such an important distinction to make. And it really is like, not only do we have to be willing to let other people in, but we're not going to be able to get there until we are comfortable going inward ourselves. Right. And mm-hmm. one thing that I think is so important is like just being comfortable with your mess and like being, I don't know if it'll necessarily be comfortable, especially at the beginning, but like just accepting of like whatever you've got going on like that's all you and you just have to own it so yeah what are your thoughts on that yeah I think it's I think you and I were talking about this not too long ago but you know the difference between embracing what you're actually experiencing versus like being so comfortable in that space that you're not getting up to make necessary changes or growth Mm. Because it's like, you know, it's like trendy to be a hot mess now. I'm like, why do we all like, cool, but then is that actually encouraging the growth that we need to see too? So it's a careful balance. It's like, okay, we've got to be willing to embrace the reality, right? Like we can't pretend that we somehow have our lives all together and project that image to the world because that's a lie. But at the same time, it's like, okay, now where's the line between how do I embrace this and know that this is real and that, you know, it's part of who I am and own it. Like I need to own that I have, you know, like 
imperfections and flaws and insecurities and challenges and not run from that. I think that's the difference. It's like there's a difference between embracing and wallowing. And embracing something means I'm not running from it. I'm actually mature enough to face it. I'm mature enough to admit to it. And I'm mature enough to maybe do whatever action steps I might need to take to make it healthier or to improve upon it in areas that I can. And then also mature enough to let go of control of the things that I can't, right? Like mm. I'm not going to fight perfect just to for the sake of making it perfect. Like it's not necessarily broken. It's just might be imperfect. And so that's a really big thing for me is just identifying like, am I getting so comfortable in this that I'm actually like, I often talk about how we, I think we live in a world of extremes, it's either like extreme perfectionism or like carelessness. Mm. And it's like, neither of those things really serve us well, right? Like, it's not like, oh, well, like if I can't be perfect, I'm just going to embrace all the, you know, all the junk and just like sit in it. And like, this is who I am. And like, deal with it. It's like, yes. well, you're not helping yourself. By doing that. It's like, you can't live in either extreme or end of the spectrum. It's how do you bring in disciplines and the good elements of quote unquote perfectionism, which is like discipline and intentionality and going for a clear goal and trying to be structured. Like it's just when we get obsessed with that, that it turns into perfectionism. And then also how do we bring in like not caring what others think and remembering to relax and to rest? Like that kind of comes from the other end. But if we go into that extreme, it becomes very careless. So it's that very careful balance of knowing our mess, owning our story, identifying the areas we can improve upon and not trying to run from the things that we can't improve upon. Mm, yeah. 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 Like just, it's such a process too. Like, like I said earlier, it's, it's not something that you just arrive at and it's like a constant work and it's a constant thing that you have to continually show up for, like, and just get messy in your mess. And that's like, that can be tiring too. Like sometimes it's just easier to just let it be like wallow, fester, ignore it, like really play up the hot mess aspect. Like that can be so mm -hmm. much easier than actually mm -hmm. facing things and being growth minded. And so what, like when you're feeling overwhelmed about your mess, whether it be, you know, internal, external, like what are the things that ground you and keep you moving forward? Yeah, I think it's one big thing is being a constant student, learning from I have mentors in my life, I've tried to surround myself with friends who challenge and sharpen me. So that like, it's hard to find those people that can both give grace and also call you out on your crap, right? Like you have mm. to have those people in your life. And it takes some time and it takes some energy to really build those kind of relationships. Because I think it can be easy to be like, we want those friendships. There's a really wise proverb, it basically says like, the wounds of a friend can be trusted, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. So some, when someone's just like buttering you up and telling you you're amazing and just like giving you all the grace in the world and like, you know, like celebrating all the mess and the struggle and the whatever, and they're not actually telling you the hard truth you need to hear or hold you, holding you accountable or challenging you in any way, it's like they're actually not really like a true friend. They're not yeah. actually helping you. Um, and on the flip side, it's like if someone's a true friend, they're going to tell you the hard things you need to hear, and that can be trusted, even if it hurts in the moment, right? The wounds of a friend can be trusted. And so one big thing for me is having those kind of relationships, and the other thing is having like mentors and also resources that I turn to to help me grow, whether that's in my business or in my health or you know in my faith, like in these areas of my life that I can become very lax in or I can become very burned out by if I'm you know going 24-7 or just feel like I'm not succeeding at, right? There's times where I'm like, I feel like the crappiest believer in the the world or I feel like the worst business owner or the worst wife like and then you just kind of break down and you can be so easy to wallow there and so 
really remembering like, hold on, am I wallowing or am I being willing to learn from someone who's gone before me and calling like even my mom or my mentor and being like, Hey, has this ever happened in your marriage? Like, or, you know, well, how did you handle it? Like, what do you do when he brings home a cat that you didn't want? Like, <laughs> what do you do? You know, like, what do you do when he, you know, whatever it is. And so I think being willing to ask those who have gone before us and to surround ourselves with friends or people, whether they are coworkers or colleagues or, you know, online mastermind groups or friends in our community or, you know, small groups or book clubs, just getting into those spaces that help us look at our own life through a different lens and a different perspective and can look at it from an objective third party view rather than from like the emotional state that we might be in. Mm-hmm. It really helps me get unstuck and it also helps me kind of take those next steps so that I'm not like, you know, running from it, but also not like wallowing in it. <laughs> Yeah. 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 It's so easy. I think with our own stuff, it's like, it's easy to be on one of two sides. One being like, we can justify and like smooth stuff over. And it's like, oh, it's not bad. Or like, I'm doing okay. Mm -hmm. And that's a situation where like, someone should probably call you out. And then on the other end of the spectrum, it's really easy to be like, so in our heads, so hypercritical, so judgmental of ourselves where you need someone to be like, oh my God, you're doing amazing. And like celebrate you. And both of those ends of the spectrum, like you, if you try to go it alone, those ends will like eat you alive, you know, like you need someone, a group, a community, a significant other, like you need those people to pull you towards the middle again. So true. And that's the thing. It's finding that equilibrium in everything that we do. Mm -hmm. And in that specifically in this area of conversation, are you operating in equilibrium or are you operating in extremes? Yeah. Yeah. And extremes are like easy, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's a lot harder to find balance and maintain balance than to just sit on one extreme or the other and like stay there Mm -hmm. and just kind of lean into like the edge of whatever extreme you're in. Balance is the hard part. Yeah. Well, and I think with that comes like this, it's almost like for me having a consistent rest routine is it's like become a non-negotiable because I'm like, okay, I will burn myself out because I'm an achiever, because I want to constantly prove, because I want to maybe it's like almost my achievement can be a really weird, subtle way to like run from my mess, (laughs) run Mm -hmm. from the things I actually need to like tackle, going back to the vulnerability thing. And so, you know, for me, one big thing I've had to learn is even disengaging and clocking out because that is so hard to do when you do work for yourself or you're passionate about what you do. It can almost be like a mind numbing thing to really avoid some of the things that you need to face that your friends might be able to help you walk through or that you really just need to handle. Right. And so Mm -hmm. for me, I've even implemented a very simple discipline of a 24 hour window every single week where I'm completely off social media, where I'm unplugged, where I'm not responding, I'm not posting all that stuff. And it's simple because those are reactive behaviors. Right. And so it's easy to constantly react because then you don't have to actually be in your real life. And so I used to do things where I would, you know, burn myself out. And then I'd be like, okay, cool. I need a two week sabbatical off social media. I'm going to take like, you know, a month off. And there's certainly wisdom to that. And I think having longer extensive breaks like that somewhat regularly are good, but that was the problem is that it wasn't necessarily regular. It would just be kind of random when I would get completely burned out. Right. struggle and feel like even more of a mess. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I was like, and then what happens? I take these two weeks off and then I get back online and it was like, well, then what happens? So you've got a million and four notifications. You realize how much you're behind. Now your engagement's down. You're behind on this. You're stressed out about that. You missed this message, whatever. And it's like, well, there you go back into the black hole of social media. And you just spent an hour and 30 minutes straight catching up with no breaks. Right. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you kind of 
into it. So I was like, how can I create a more rhythmic rest in my life so that I can disengage, really start to really be more present where I am, stay grounded, be um, a little bit more focused um, and not get so caught up in the crazy <laughs> so that mm-hmm. I can make those improvements, that I can consult those friends so I can actually lean into those relationships and do the things that I need to do for that growth, for that intentionality, whatever it is. And um, yeah, even just building that simple discipline into our lives, like it's game changer. We literally got a home phone just in case our family calls us for emergencies. Now I get all these oh, weird nice. flex calls. 96. It's fine. But like, what do we just bounce back to like 2004? But I mean, it's yeah. been smart. Then we have no excuse to be like, oh, well, let me just really quick, like turn my phone on and see if my mom called, you know, or whatever. So yeah, simple things sure. like I, that can be really helpful also in finding that balance. Mm-hmm. I think having those non-negotiables and having those boundaries are so key because in this era, like, we can be plugged into something 24 seven. Like I even find myself trying to check my phone at a red light or like waiting in line Mm -hmm. when it's like, I'm waiting for one person in front of me. I'm like already on my phone. You know, it's so easy to check out, to not sit with your thoughts, to not sit with your mess, to not address your like relationship tension. It's just, it's so easy. And so I think it's, absolutely crucial to have those boundaries of like taking a day off of your phone or having like a shutdown time at the end of the day or whatever, because it will just, it will run your life if you don't run it. And if you don't create those boundaries. Hmm. So, so true. And you'll never face your stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. Face your stuff. (laughs) (laughs) To put it very uh, professionally and eloquently. Face your stuff. Yeah, it's real fancy. I'm wearing my fancy pants, so we had to say it in the fanciest <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, like we said, perfect. These are my best leggings, by the way. They're not black. They're really fun. Okay, well, that, that's good. Mine are black, so you got me. <laughs> yeah, no worries. No worries. It's not a competition of who's fancier, Jordan. It's true. It's very true. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. We just covered like so much good stuff and I'm really excited to hear more from you because I pre-ordered your book and I'm really excited to read it. So can you tell us about your baby that you're bringing into the world? (laughs) Yes. So I am birthing a book. (laughs) It's named Every Day. It has felt like actual, I mean, I've never actually birthed a baby, but it's the closest thing I can compare it to. It's been this strong, long anticipation But man, I am so stinking proud of this project. It is described as the resource for the woman who is chasing after something more, but trying to find purpose and contentment where she is with what she has. How do we really own that where we are? And so, so good. we titled this book Own Your Every Day. And I purposely spelled the word every day as one word because it's actually more like an adjective. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you think about like the everyday girl, like it's basically what we're doing, right? It's just what is our everyday life and what is it like to really embrace that ordinary? That's kind of another like synonym for the word every day while still being willing to do the little things and make those decisions and disciplines to go after our dreams and do the crazy wild things. But I really wanted to create a resource that brought those. I remember how we were just talking about extremes, you know, I wanted to Mm -hmm. kind of bring both of those together because I feel like there's a lot of books that are like, go after your dreams. Don't take no for an answer. Super motivational. And like you leave feeling inspired, but you can deflate really quickly when you're like, oh, but I still have to show up for my life. And now I, you know, life happened. And yeah. um, on the first part, I think there's a lot of books that are like, be content and, you know, be present. And it's like, that's encouraging, but I'm also a dreamer and achiever. So I need some sort of like 
oomph to that message, you know? Yeah. So I wanted to kind of bring those two elements together, which is definitely a challenge, but I'm really excited because I think we women get stuck trying to live in one extreme or the other, and we don't quite know how to balance those, and we get stuck in distraction and comparison and perfectionism and all these things, imposter syndrome, and we end up not actually doing anything intentional or purposeful in our everyday lives, which ultimately you really can't do the extraordinary things till you really learn to show up for the everyday things. And so that's a big theme of this book, the tools and the guidebook and the roadmap to really, how can I just start really being intentional and show up in the everyday things, even as I'm going after those more quote unquote, extraordinary goals. Yeah. So I pre-ordered your book, like I said, and I'm so excited to read it. And I think that now that all of my people have gotten to know you. They want to pre-order it too. So where can they find it and where can they find you and just be a part of your community, which is so awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So the book is available on all major retailers. It comes out May 14th. So I'm not quite sure when this is going to air. It might already be out or it's just about to come out. But yeah. Target, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, all the places. I'm going to be on tour. So if, you, if I'm in any of your cities, I'd love to meet any of you guys. Charlotte, Nashville, Indianapolis. Atlanta, there's a bunch of them. I'm super excited. And you can find it really at any major retailer. Just search Own Your Every Day and you're going to find it. It's a really fun, goofy cover. My face being. It's so cute. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) An accidental photo that ended up being the cover, but I think it's really fun. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. And I think it like really encapsulates just the message behind it of like imperfect, but like making the best and like having fun all along the way, right? Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. And I also hang out on Instagram. You can find me at Jordan Lee Dooley uh, or jordanleedooley.com. That's where you can find podcasts and book and all the resources, all the things. But I tend to hang out on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Instagram's kind of like my central hub too. But guys, go send Jordan some love. Go grab her book and tell her thank you for her time. We would absolutely love to see you take a screenshot of your phone right now and post it up on your Instagram story. Tag us and let us know like what your favorite part of this was or what your favorite takeaway was so we can celebrate with you and repost you and just love on you for hanging out with us. But Jordan, thank you again for your time. But before we go, there's one more question. I almost forgot it, which feels like terrible because we always ask at the end of every episode. And that is, what is one thing that you're currently grinding for? And what is one thing that you are hugely grateful for? The grind and be grateful question. Yes. So I am grinding for a best-selling book. I mean, I'm finally admitting that goal. I was afraid to say it out loud for so long, (laughs) but I'm like, man, enough blood, sweat, and tears and years of work has been put into this. So I'm grinding for it. I'm hoping for it. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to just have it written and published. Even if that doesn't happen, I'm grateful for the fact that I get to hand this resource to women all over the world. And that in and of itself to me is success, even if it doesn't hit a list. Yes. I love that. I love that. Just like being grateful for the journey. And obviously there are thousands of women that have already probably pre-ordered it and are part of your launch team and you've already impacted their lives. So, I mean, never underestimate the impact of changing one life. Like we said earlier, Mm -hmm. like every, every time you have that opportunity, it's a success. So true. So, so true. Yes. Well, thank you again. Super grateful for you and all of the wisdom that you shared with us today. And guys, we will talk to you again soon. 
Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for spending your time with me on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast today. I'm super happy that we are able to hang out and share some good vibes today. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it, whether it's texting it to your friend, linking it on Twitter, or posting a screenshot on your Instagram story. It is all super appreciated. And please leave a show review on iTunes if you're enjoying it. Tell me what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of. This show is for you. So your feedback matters. Plus, it would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women everywhere to become their very best selves. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. And until next time, don't forget to grind to be grateful, my friends. Thank you.